Welcome to the Metaphysical Martini Show, where wit and wisdom come together to bridge the gap between the spirit realm and the physical world. With Ani Abadisian, the Suburban Shaman, a production of Cosmic Reality Radio. And you are live. Hello, everyone. I'm Ani Abadisian. Welcome to Metaphysical Martini. Three parts spirit, one part rational mind, add two drops of optimism. Give it all a good hard shake and pour. Dress it with the olives of grace and empathy. Sit back, sip slowly, and contemplate the wonder of cosmic creation. And a hearty hello to everyone out there. Hello, hello, hello. Thanks for joining me for yet another round of cosmic cocktails on this week's Metaphysical Martini, the show that tries to sort out what's true, What's woo and what gets flushed down the loo in today's oof, I know they're admitting they were wrong about the numbers and the rate of infection, but I would rather die than admit I fell for it. Stockholm syndrome saturated little world. Hey, as always, we try to approach this with as much grace and empathy as can be mustered on any given day. We do not always succeed. But we are honor-bound to give it our best shot. And on this show, the Metaphysical Martini Show, we do love shots. Yes, we do. Our rally cry is, awaken, oh my people. Do not follow the path of the sheeple and do not give your God cause to weeple. We are based in Oregon, in the United States of America. I know we don't sound like it, but we are. And we believe that America has a sacred purpose, and that would be unity through diversity. And we martini heads, we are committed to restoring the American Republic and exposing and destroying the globalist takeover of our sacred purpose through the implementation of new world order policies designed to homogenize our world and turn it into one colorless company with the corrupt banks as the only ruling class. And my darlings, it's happening right now, right under our very schnozzers, right under our noses, right now as we speak. Every time, every time we wear a mask, just for the privilege of going about our daily business, Another globalist banker pees himself with delight. And every time we stand in line, six feet apart, for the privilege of buying frozen tacos and a six-pack of lager, the banker chortles with delight and opens yet another bottle of La Tache et aussi 1988, Domaine de la Romanie Conti, or something like that. Every time we put on a mask, and quietly submit to a well-known torture technique known as enforcing trivial demands, we're quite literally handing our rights over to the establishment on a plate. And every time we shame someone for not complying with these ridiculous demands, another founding father turns in his grave. Paul Revere cries into his copper-bottomed pots, and Sybil Luddington wonders why the heck she bothered making that all-night horseback ride. I have to say, there was a time I would have laughed out loud at the thought of Americans submitting to muzzling. Americans! I look around me today, though, and I shake my head in disbelief. We are off track, brothers and sisters. We are way off track. And it's time to reclaim our minds and this country from those who value nothing save money, power and control. It's not even a question of reading between the lines anymore. It's all out in the open. I mean, a deadly pandemic suggests hundreds of thousands 
nay millions of people dropping dead. Has that happened? No, it has not. Because, you see, there is no pandemic virus. Yes, pandemic, no. There is the illusion of a pandemic. Where are all the dead bodies? Where are all the people wailing in grief because every other person they knew is dead or dying? Do the undertakers of America have waiting lists a mile long because they cannot cope with the workload? Are corpses floating in the river? Have entire industries ceased to exist overnight because all the workers have dropped dead? No, you see that sort of thing happens in a pandemic, but it hasn't been happening, has it? What has been happening is that one person in a factory gets tested for this uh, macaroni thing, right? And, and we know the tests aren't reliable, but one person gets tested and they shut down the whole damn thing. It's all about shutting down the economy. It's not about your safety, is it? No, it's not. No, it's not. No, it's not. They lied. They lied. They lied. They lied about the infection rates. They lied about the death toll. And now, thanks to self-aware members of society repeatedly questioning the false official narrative, they have begun to accept that they might have made a few mistakes here and there. Hmm, mistakes, really. Kudos to all those people who love their country, who day after day spoke out against and called out the greatest crime against the American people and the world in our lifetime. Everybody was going, oh, my God, what's Trump up to now? He wants the CDC to report the numbers to the White House. Is he crazy? Well, guess what happened when the CDC started reporting the numbers to the White House? They started fighting or finding all sorts of mistakes they'd made. Funny how that happens, isn't it? Those of you who still hate Trump more than you like America. Again, I urge you to take a look at the bigger picture. You might change your mind. No one's asking you to like him. We're just asking you to see what's going on. The fact that your country is being stolen from you right under your little schnozzers. Now, with regard to this macaroni, make no mistake. I mean, the contagion was designed to take out a significant portion of the population. And plan B, which would be the inoculation jab, like the contagion, was already prepared years ago, by the way. And that was designed to take out the rest. So if you're familiar with New World Order, Agenda 21, Agenda 2030, you'll know what I'm talking about. God knows I talk about it enough. But if you're not familiar with the aforementioned, it would benefit you greatly to conduct some research. But only if you are interested in your evolution. Because if you're not, well, what's the point? Why the contagion failed? I get asked that a lot. You know, as if I, I'm up on world affairs and, you know, from the inner circle, which I'm not. But why the contagion failed? Well, I will call it by the grace of God, because it's easier to address it that way. Well, I could say it was off-world intervention. Actually, I'll say it was off-world intervention, because that's what it was. And that, of course, is another manifestation of the grace of God. So how gracious, by the way, of all these uh, off-worlders to do that for us, since, after all, it is a free will universe. And we are supposed to figure this out for ourselves. One can only assume then that since off-world intervention was permitted, we must be close to reaching critical mass in collective, you know, collective awareness. And hoorah for that and about time. I can only imagine, you know, with regard to this failed scenario, I can only imagine what went through the minds of, uh, I can't even say his name, Grouchy Fauci uh, and the Bill Gates of hell, when they realized people were not dropping like flies. Hey, Anthony, WTF, my lizardly cohort, did you put a time release on this thing? Because, you know, everyone seems very, you know, alive. I'm as confused as you are, replies Grouchy Fauci. I am stumped, oh, my nerdy friend with the nefarious agenda. But hey, don't panic. Just tell them. Hmm. Oh, yeah. Just tell them they are dying and Photoshop the environment to fit the illusion. We can all oh, throw in a couple of fake race riots. That always works well. And a few well-placed bribes here and there with state governors. You know, the ones that can't manage their budget and need money. 
And you know what? We already own the media. Oh, it'll fly. Trust me. They fell for 9-11. They fell for just about everything. Why not this? Attention, citizens. Do not look around you. Do not trust your own eyes. Do not engage your thinking skills. Look at your televisions and believe every word you hear is true. Televisions, televisions, true. Televisions, televisions, true. Damn you people, why aren't you dying as planned? This is very inconvenient. Attention, citizens. Your safety is our only concern. To keep you safe, we will muzzle you like rabid dogs and crash the economy. The common man's economy, that is. We'll be just fine, thank you very much. Oh, if you resist, we will ramp up the psyops until you spontaneously combust emotionally, internally. And once you do, once you do, we will shoot nanodeath into your arms or your asses before declaring that due to severe shortages of food and other supplies and for your safety, anyone over 75 years of age must report for mandatory euthanasia. For the good of the world. Oh, Arnie, you say, and many do. That's a bridge too far, love, isn't it? I don't think it is, is it? Because, you see, this thing called history, does anybody pay attention to that? Unless we replace mindless compliance with self-aware defiance, it's quite possible it's quite possible the future won't be worth hanging around for. And how much self-aware defiance are we seeing? Well, you know what, my darlings? We're seeing more each day. Every single day, more people are awakening and becoming self-aware and questioning the official narrative. And hoorah, America. Fantastic. You're doing it. We are seeing through the illusion created for us by people who can only be described as evil sociopaths. And I'll take a moment to address POTUS and say bless you for taking on this back-breaking, soul-wrenching burden. My respect for you grows daily because I know what you are combating 24-7, and my opinion of you is not based on the relentless character assassination perpetrated by mainstream media. I know you had a choice. You could have said... No way. Thanks, but no thanks. I'm in my golden years. I have everything I need. I'm a billionaire. Plus, I have a really hot wife. You know, thanks, but no thanks. But you didn't. You did not. You rose to the challenge because you knew, as do I now, that you are the only person currently able to withstand the Luciferian onslaught of deep state. You know that without your leadership, the patriots cannot regain control of this country. And you know, as do I, that where America goes, there goes the rest of the world. Where we go one, we go all. Those words are not just a slogan, by the way. For those who understand America's sacred purpose, there is power in those words beyond measure. And I know, O POTUS, The war you and your compatriots are fighting is nothing less than dark versus light, tyranny versus freedom. And I know that you are fighting it on our behalf. And if you can do it, so can I and so can we all. Those, those of us who see the game for what it is, will never back down, even if we go down in flames. But I believe with all my heart, our fire will serve to illuminate the darkness and our light will expose that shadow agenda. Because light always trumps dark in the end. And you know what? I do tend to be a little bit of an alarmist. Well, actually, I don't. It's just been the last couple of weeks. But I don't do it because I'm alarmed. I do it because I want to turn the volume up a little bit just to reach a few more people here and there. I just want you to know one thing. I cannot personally hold space for a scenario in which we are not victorious. And time and time again, I repeat the same sentence. Unless we expose deep state ideology and destroy its filthy corruption, nothing in our world will change for the better. And we will plow headlong into the Orwellian nightmare that is the new world order. 
And what could that possibly look like? No color, no contrast, no free will, no personal property, no rights for the individual. Just a never-ending line of gray people dressed in gray clothing with pallid gray skin queuing up for a tasteless gray shrink-wrapped food-type non-nourishment staring at each other, masked, with an expression that says, WTF, bra, what just happened here? Is that what we want? I think not. So, personally, I'm going to take off my mask, which I have never put on, and I'm going to shove it right up my governor's nose and tell her it's our country, not hers, and all the other governors too. They report to us, and if they don't like it, they can quit. They can quit before being tried for crimes against humanity and executed for treason. Or, better scenario, because, you know, who wants to go around executing people? Don't answer that question. Better scenario, they could wake up and apologize and help to set things right. At this point, I have to say, I'm good with either one of those scenarios. Excuse me while I take a little drinky poo here. Mm. Oh, my gosh. You know, I don't drink much these days because of my weight. So I live for every other Wednesday, quite frankly. So, my brethren and my sistren, in parting, let me reiterate. There is no pandemic. Virus, yes. Pandemic, no. Virus, yes. Pandemic, no. The mask is a PSYOPs torture and control mechanism and all it would take to expose the establishment's filthy plan and take them down is for us as a nation to realize this and to refuse en masse to comply. What government, what organization anyway can protect you from contagions floating about in the air? You know, not even the ones they created can they protect you from. And they can create multiple strains each week. Do we intend to spend the rest of our lives masking up, social distancing and making the world a smaller place with each passing day? I mean, really, do we? America? World? There's a question for you there. Okay, so I think maybe time, it's time to move on to a different, no, it's not. I'm not done. I'm not done. <laughs> I'm not done pontificating yet. It's not time for a different section. Now, I know that the people who tune into this channel are self-aware, but it is conceivable that they will share it with friends who are snoozing or napping on the fence. I'm not talking about or I'm not interested in wasting my time with people who are already showing the signs of zombification. They might be lost to us. You know, to, to the people who are snoozing but not zombified, who are napping on the fence and not zombified, I say this. I know this is a lot to wrap your mind around, but let's take some baby steps. What exactly is your definition of free will? Who or what exactly do you think you are? Do you believe you have the right to raise your family as you see fit? Do you believe you have the right to choose your education, your profession? Do you have the right to live where you please, as you please, including going off grid, as long as it hurts no one and you're not a raving lunatic going around on murderous rampages? Do you want the freedom to vacation as you please at the location of your choice? If you have children, do you believe you have the right to care for your children and make decisions with regard to their health and general well-being? How would you feel if the state broke into your home and kidnapped your children, took them away and forced them to submit to forced inoculations or chemotherapy or any other protocol you had already deemed unnecessary and or dangerous. And how would you feel if they did that to your mother, father, spouse, to you? 
waving a piece of paper in the air saying, we, the state, are omnipotent and dominant and we can do whatever the F we want because we got you to wear a mask and now we win. Do you believe the people you vote into office as representatives of we, the people, should be carefully monitored and held accountable and prosecuted to the full extent of the law when they work the system to steal from us? Do you believe you have the right to defend yourself, your family, from criminal intrusion by whatever means necessary? Do you believe you have the right to grow your own food if you so please? What is your definition of a happy and fulfilling life? Not what you've read in the papers. What is your definition of a happy and fulfilling life? What is your definition of community? Not the establishment's definition. Oh, God, no. What is your definition of community, of free will, of happiness? When you speak the word liberty, what images does it conjure up in your mind? In your mind. Your mind. And who or what exactly do you think you are? What do you want to do with your life? Today would be a good time to think about that. A sovereign soul with free will does not voluntarily submit to psyops, unless, of course, the sovereign soul does not know it is psyops. My job, which I take very seriously, is not to tell you what to think. I am here to encourage you to think for yourselves. So imagine a scenario. Let's see, you die. You will, of course, we all will. You know, you die a mortal death, right? You go to the place commonly called heaven. And you meet your spirit peeps. And, you know, adjust to that scenario. You know, you review your life, your recent incarnation, all of that. And we're getting close to that moment where you're about to do that on the other side and your spirit peeps come up to you and say, well, hello, Bob. Tell us, tell us about your life on Earth. Tell us how you expressed the glory of supreme cosmic intelligence on Earth. We are eager to know what part you played in bringing heaven and Earth closer together. How did you glorify your divine nature? Tell us all about your contribution to the expansion of consciousness. Go on, Bob. Don't be shy, Bob. Fill us in. Well, says Bob, it was sort of okay for a few years, you know. And then they told us there was a plague and that we all had to wear masks. So we did. Um, why? Oh, well, you know, I mean, someone who said he was important in the government or something like that. We'd never heard of him, really. But, you know, well, you know, you know. Well, anyway. Then they told us it got worse, you know, the plague. So we had to wear two masks. And every other Thursday, we had to put our underwear on backwards because that would help, you see. And then they said it was going to get even worse. And we had to continue doing everything they told us to keep each other safe. So we did, even though some of it was so stupid. But, you know, I mean, there was a plague and a person with a title told us there was a plague. So, you know, we did it. And every year, a new strain of the virus came out, worse than the last one, until it got so bad that no one was allowed to leave their homes. And one day, out of the blue, they told us we could leave our homes, but only to go to the hospital for a complimentary health check. And, you know, wow, we thought, well, that's great because, well, in America, healthcare is expensive. And uh, so we did. A day out free doctor. And then the last thing I remember is the doctor drawing blood from my arm. And, oh, well, I mean, I should mention it wasn't an actual doctor. It wasn't a person, human person kind of a doctor uh, for some reason related to ethics. Ethics. I think that was a thing once. Ethics. Yes, something to do with ethics. All the doctors walked out last year. Anyway, after the robo doc drew my blood, I must have passed out because the next thing I remember was waking up here in heaven. 
Oh, I see. I, I see, uh, reply the spirit peeps. I, I see. Wow, Bob, that was quite a trip, mate. Whoa. Well, I mean, we have some work to do in getting you adjusted here, you know, back to an unlimited life, a blissful life, uh, back to your soul sovereignty, as is your right. So let's get up. Excuse me, says Bob. Um, I don't want to interrupt, um, but I have a question for God before we go on. Oh, uh, said the spirit peeps. Sure. Yeah. Uh, what, what's your question, Bob? Um, do we have to wear masks up here? And now, my darlings, it's time for quack questions, answers and comments. One of the reasons I started the show was to hear what you, the people, you, the people are thinking about. And if you would like to share the contents of your fabulous minds on my fabulous show, send your emails to Arnie at ArnieAvidician.com or via snail mail to Cosmic Arnie P.O. Box 714 Wilsonville, like the tennis racket, Oregon 97070, United States of America, the beautiful. And don't forget to tell me if and how you would like to be identified should your golden nugget be selected to illuminate the great American mind. So, whoa, that was a long sentence. Now I've got to have a drink. Lovely, lovely drinky poo. Okay, what's in the fishbowl? Mm. Our first question, it comes from a chap called Bulos, and Bulos is originally from Iraq, but now lives in London in the UK, and he asks, Hello, Arnie. My question is about prayer. I am a Christian from an ancient Catholic sect. I am faithful. I have never doubted the existence of God. I wonder sometimes why my prayers are not answered. I know I cannot seek to understand the workings of the great mind of God, but I must admit to being discouraged and feeling humiliated when he ignores me. I know this is wrong thinking, but it is how I feel. I want to ask him why my prayers are not answered. But since he did not answer them, I, I wonder if it will be disrespectful to ask him why. Oh, hello, Bulos. Nice to hear you all the way from my old hometown, London. Now, prayer. The problem that most people have with prayer is they have no idea who or what they are praying to. Whatever we choose to call God or source, it is greater than the sum total of its parts and all its parts. And that would be all creation came from it. There is nothing that did not come from God's source. Therefore, everything is a manifestation of God. Every being is an experience God is having. Is having. Bulos, it helps if you remember this. You are an intrinsic part of God. Your physical identity and experience, that's God in motion. So God is not out there waiting for us to find it. It is inside us. The only part of us that is real is the God part. Everything else is an experience, a story, a space adventure. We are the awareness of God on a journey of creation. And therefore, well, I think it helps if you think there's no such thing as outer awareness. There is only inner awareness. Consciousness is the sum total of our inner awareness. So when we pray knowing this, we pray as equals to our God, not as miserable sinners. Religion, for the most part, has done a good job of eroding people's self-worth. And this is something we have to identify and correct, because if your prayers are not answered, usually it's because you're not praying from a vibration of worthiness. You know, we don't beseech a greater remote deity for a favor. This is not what God had in mind at the onset of physical creation. If this is too much of a stretch for you, I'm not saying it is, but if it is, start by accepting this and meditating on this, okay? God adores its creation, and it is God's pleasure to share all the glories of all its kingdoms with its progeny. The divine did not create worlds for people to experience continual suffering. 
It created worlds and expanded the cosmos in the hope that all its creations would realize that no matter how far the cosmos expanded, alignment with source is possible in the blink of an eye, simply by putting one's hand on one's heart and allowing our higher self to hear the voice of our creator say to us, be still and know that I am God. Pray from the vibration in which you were created, Bulos, because that, my darling, is the key to successful prayer. And Bulos very, very kindly sent me the Lord's Prayer in Arabic. And I think when you say ancient Cal, you probably Chaldean. Um, and you know what? I'm so sorry to admit this. My Arabic isn't very good. In fact, it's hopeless. But it was such a lovely gift. <clears throat> um, I think just let me share the Armenian version of the Lord's Prayer um, with you, Bulos, as a, as a thank you. Haidmer, Vorherginis, Surpieritsi, Anunko, Yeretse, Arkayochunko, Yeritsin, Gamko, Vorbes, Herginis, Yevhergri, Esmats, Mer, Hanabazort, Dur, Mesaisor, Yevtor, Mes, Espardismer, Vorbes, Yevmek, Torump, Merots, Bardabanats, Yevmi Danir Esmesi Portsaichun Ailpergia Icharin Zikoya Kachun Yevzorchun Yev Park Avidianus Amen. The Lord's Prayer in any language is a beautiful thing to behold. Thank you, Bulos. Our next question comes from a chap called Cain, and he says, Ani. What is the difference between reptilians, archons, and Anunnaki? And Cain goes on with some very humorous remarks, which I enjoyed very much. But I won't share because I'm not sure if he would want me to. But um, love your sense of humor, Cain, very similar to mine. Okay, reptilians. Oh, my gosh, reptilians, they do get a bad rap. Well, you know, they're a race, just as humanoids are. But they have a military empire building mindset. And for the most part, bad rap or not, I think they do have a bit of a superiority complex. Um, the rages, in, you know, the races that engage in ongoing military conquest often do. And um, we certainly, well, we do have reptilians here on Earth. I mean, they came in antiquity and made themselves quite useful to other races. Their technology was more advanced than most of the other colonizers. And, you know, when you're colonizing a hap, you know, a new planet, a military mindset is very much, um, well, it's useful. You know, when someone says to you, Leave it to us, ma'am. We can get this done for you. It's a very appealing and useful. And of course, their offspring are still here. And uh, some of those are the ones, <clears throat> excuse me, who give us so much trouble. Reptilians, boy, they're sharp. They're sharp. They have sharp, bright minds. And even though they're not exactly overflowing with empathy, their mental acuity is such that their chakras are surprisingly large and vital. Humans normally associate a vibrant chakra rotation with, quote unquote, a spiritual sense. And indeed, people who are aware and have a good sense of cosmic alignment have fabulous chakras. But chakras were not created specifically for spiritual purposes. They are electrical transformers. You know, they take our energy frequency, transform it into a cosmic frequency and vice versa. They give us to the cosmos in a form the cosmos can understand. And they give uh, the cosmos to us in a form that we can understand. So their information, collation, translation, and dissemination. And you might be interested to know that reptilians do have their own hippie movement from time to time. Younger generations question the value of stomping all over the universe and asserting their racial superiority, and good for them, because it's not easy being a peace-loving vegetarian iguana in a culture of military meat-eating monitor lizards. And the reptilian races, they, they race, they, they range, of course, just like humanoid races do. They range from, oh my God, I hope I never encounter one of those to, oh, hello, you surprisingly smooth skinned being with a slight smile on your face. I've had three actual face to face encounters with reptilians and all were positive and one was actually quite pleasant. Oh, anyway, back to Kane's question. Are they archons? What are archons? Who or what are archons? Are they maleficent forces, as some of the early Gnostics believe? Are they incarnate or are they in spirit form? Do they hold humans in physical form, in the human form against their will, quashing their divine spark? Do they act as prison wardens for a deity intent on 
forming the material world according to its will? And are they preventing humans from experiencing their divinity? Is their main objective to keep humans ignorant of their divine origins beyond the physical universe? Because that sounds very mean and nasty. Um, and of course it is. But, you know, hmm, I think sometimes we overcomplicate things. You know, if we start to get into the discussion of the philosophy of all things, archon, demiurges, jinns and so forth, you know, those discussions will go on for weeks. I think it helps if we think of archons in general as the personification of any force that would seek to keep the knowledge of our true nature and cosmic nature from us. Then if we think of it that way, we will see that archons are an ideology, much like deep state. It may have started out with a group of draconians or humans in wood paneled rooms, sipping very expensive distilled beverages, planning the future of whichever world they bought the franchise to. It may have. In fact, it did start out that way. But what we're dealing now is uh, their legacy, their deeply rooted ideology. It's in much the same way we talk about Luciferians today. People immediately have this image of a giant red brute with horns, with subservient smaller beings towering at its feet. And worship of Lucifer, the fallen archangel, does go on in high places. I assure you, I'm sorry to say, I assure you 100% that it does. But Lucifer's legacy, or the Archon's legacy, if you will, was to create worlds focused entirely on the material, severing all notion of ties to our true divine form. That's really what Luciferianism is. So when we think of it that way, Anyone, any race or organization, human or reptilian or other, promoting or glorifying only the material aspect of life was birthed in Archon Darkness. And in today's world, the media has thus far controlled all minds and given emphasis to fear, rage and desire, corrupting honest and principled ways of doing business, creating need where there is none and attaching undue importance to acquiring things. As for the Anunnaki, I had a canary called Anunnaki once, and she was lovely. Um, anyway, again, as we discuss these concepts, we are mixing storytelling with myth and ancient history with philosophy. And with the Anunnaki, we are back to stories of people from other planets, probably reptilians, coming to Earth to enslave Earthlings, Sumerians in this case, make them dig for gold or perform other tasks and hand over their raw resources. And there's nothing to prove that this did not happen. Much is missing from our recorded history. And I have no doubt peeps from other planets came here, posed as gods, ravished the land and probably a few women and, and a few boys to boot before legging it back to their home world. So some returned and decided to leave a contingent behind who later quietly, covertly enslaved all mankind and plunged them back into darkness. Again, it sounds just like deep state ideology. All mythology starts with a few grains of truth. So, yeah, I suggest reading everything you're drawn to read from as many differing points of view as possible. And most probably you will come to the same conclusion as I did. We may never be able to sort out who did what to whom, but we most certainly have to find a way to deal with their legacy. So let's not get caught up too much in the details of things we really just can't prove unless we find ourselves in the Hall of Records. Thanks, Kane. Good question. And glad we were able to include it. <laughs> All right. Here's an email that came in today, and it's from Omit Personal Details. <laughs> All right. All right. This one says, while I understand the manipulation, I read Matthew's messages and follow the psychic LJ on YouTube. Um, what is to stop them at the establishment trying again with another macaroni or just dumping deadly chemicals all over us or tainting a commonly used medicine or blah, blah, blah. I saw a video last week about how they plan to unleash a stronger version of macaroni. If they depopulate the planet and make a grab for power, we can't do anything about it, can we? The more we resist, the more they push back. It seems they have all the power. So what would it take to stop them carrying out their vision? Mm. I think I'm going to answer the last portion first. What would it take to stop them? Well, is to take the power out of their hands. Power is energy. 
we empower people when we comply, when we knowing, knowing we are being played, submit to their demands. And we stop writing the story of our own lives and cast ourselves of, you know, as extras in their movie. The shadow government, the banking cartel, the establishment, the ones POTUS and the patriots risk their lives daily to expose and destroy. You know, it's no different from an abusive relationship. One day we're going to wake up and we're going to decide that we deserve better. You've got to get to the core and destroy their power base. The energy of the collective desiring free will is what will stop them unleashing contagion after contagion. Distraction tactics have created a race of people addicted to digital heroin. We're not even focused on what's important. We're always checking our cell phones. We're unable to sit quietly for even 10 minutes in a waiting room without having to play a round of Angry Birds or Brickbuster or check our preferred social media platform. And we're all of us guilty of this. Of not taking an interest in our children's curriculum until it was too late. Not challenging being nickel and dimed into bankruptcy by an ever-growing list of tax on everything from income tax to sales tax to utilities to God knows what. And every time we stand down instead of addressing what we know is wrong and unjust, we give evil more rope with which to tether us, drag us and eventually hang us. Now, dear anonymous person, I agree with you. At this precise moment, sitting here in my little office in Wilsonville, Oregon, there is nothing to prevent an all-out attack. And I agree with you. The more we resist, the more they will push back and assert dominance until the abused decide they no longer care to be abused. And at that time, the scales tip. Let us not forget they currently have the world held hostage by an illusion. We expose the illusion, call it out, and the illusion shatters. That's why they've had to admit they falsified. They didn't say falsified. They said we made a mistake. That's why they had to admit they falsified the numbers, because we questions as relentlessly as they pushed. And then this leads to more snoozers waking up which leads to more citizen pushback, to more awareness, and so forth. And as for their vision, yes, yes, they have a vision. I have a vision. I see Gates, Fauci, and Hillary under fire from judicial artillery. I see United Nations, the World Health Organization, the Clinton Foundation, Bilderberg, Council of Foreign Trade, exposed, dismantled, and disgraced. If we as a people could just step away from partisan affiliations and wrap our minds around the bigger picture, that would be a good thing. It would serve the betterment of mankind. And what else are we here for if not that? It is your choice to give up if that's what you want. But you're going to be so disappointed when you get to the other side and you figure out that you chose to be born at a magnificent time in Earth's history where you had a chance to partake of an amazing great awakening and all you did was sleep. It's your right, of course. But, oh, you'll be so pissed off with yourself if you give up. Don't give up. Regroup. Time for a drinky poo. Thank you for that letter. I know a lot of people feel that way, so I appreciate you sending that in. Oh, that is just lovely. Okay, here's another email that came in a couple of days ago. Hey, Arnie. I live not too far from you in Portland. Did you know that federal troops have moved into the downtown area and are randomly picking people off the streets, putting them in unmarked cars and taking them away? What's your take on that? Doesn't this go against your libertarian principles? Why haven't you spoken against it on social media? You speak about just about everything else. Well, hate you too. And you know what? I did know that. Um... Okay, I don't know what you're looking at or whatever, but they're not randomly picking people off the streets. They're targeting domestic terrorists. They are dealing with paid thugs who should have been dealt with locally. 
But since the governor walked through the Bill Gates of hell and took his money and is complicit in the greatest fraud perpetrated against the American people and should be tried for crimes against humanity instead of placing her treasonous ass on a public servant's chair, those who have retained our sanity are happy to have these paid thugs removed. And that, my darlings, was probably the longest sentence I have ever created. I can understand um, why you might think this is going on in Portland. You don't. I mean, you, you are in Portland, you say. But there are so many different accounts and so many different videos. Some people say, oh, it's, it's, it's hell on wheels. Other people say, no, it's peaceful protests. I will tell you what, what is going on there from people I know who are there who are recording it day after day. It's thuggery. I can understand why you might think of me as a libertarian, but I don't think I am. I post a lot of libertarian stuff. I agree with libertarian principles, but I'm not a libertarian. I'm an avidician. And as for social media, I do what I need to and then I step away. It's not a forum for debate. You know, I think of social media as more of a, a highway with Burma shave signs. Oh, look, Rogine, ain't that interesting? What are you talking about, Jedediah? That gal's cornbread ain't done in the middle. They're not picking off people randomly. These are federal troops defending federal property and doing what the state should have done, the state of Oregon. But it didn't do it, did it? Because it walked through the Bill Gates of Hell. Thanks for the question, though. Appreciate it. Okay, peeps, I've been overrun with questions since macaroni started up. So forgive me if I use most of this podcast for questions. But I do think we probably have time for a little bit of Wizard's Gizzard as well. Keep your questions coming, by the way. I really appreciate them. I really enjoy them. We, I do love to pontificate, as we know. It's one of my favorite things to do. But then once I've pontificated enough, I am quiet and I want to listen to what you have to say. Now, I will just say before we move on to the wizard's gizzard, it is especially difficult in this day and age to research because we have so much information and we have these things called trolls. In my generation, trolls were giants that lived in Iceland and other Nordic countries. But these days, it's usually unemployed journalism majors or English majors who are paid to sit down and immediately write an opposing narrative to whatever comes out from the enemy camp, so to speak. So, gosh, I know it's difficult. Plus, there's something about this digital heroine and keeping you excited in modern day media Everything's breaking news, breaking news, breaking news. And you can't fact check breaking news because it only just broke. And the minute it breaks, somebody else is telling you there's a different version of it. I mean, I'm half an hour away from Portland, Oregon, and people are sending me videos of the same street. And is this the split in reality? Is it Photoshop? What's going on? If different things are happening in different videos, you know, I understand it's difficult. That's why we need to spend time each day in meditation and prayerful contemplation and as much time as we possibly can in nature so that we are the only people running our minds. Whew. Deep breaths. All right. Okay, people, wizard's gizzard. And it's about 107 degrees in my little room. Let me just take a, a drink here. Mm. And I have to turn the fans off. Otherwise, you know, background noise. All right. Well, this week, given that we are in the middle of a war designed to destroy America and therefore the world, I thought it might be a good idea to share a spell I wrote for the restoration of the American public for my now disbanded Kitchen Witch Club. It was a spell to restore America's sacred purpose. Now, before you go, oh, my God, spell, witchery, are you a witch? Um, no, not really, not more than any other woman. Um, a spell is a prayer. You go to church or temple, there's candles, there's incense, and there's spoken word. You cast a spell, there's prayer, there's candles, there's salt, there's incense, and there's spoken word. It's an intention. That's what it is. 
Um, and I do miss I do miss my um, kitchen witch club. Lovely gals. Um, wonderful. I'm just sorry we can't get together again because we're not allowed to congregate until such time as we overthrow the Dark Queen. All right. For this spell, a prayer, if you prefer, you will need four candles. A red one, a white one, and a blue one, and a gold one. And they can be birthday candles. You don't have to go out and buy special candles. In my experience, if a candle has the name Wicca or Witch in front of it, or spellcrafting, it's ten times the price of a regular candle that color. You will also need a small bowl of clean water and a small bowl of good salt. And as with any other prayer or spell, we invite the light, the light, and only the light to be our host, and we bless the area we use for our prayers or spell casting. Any song of power that resonates with you, your faith base, your belief system, is suitable. It could be a hymn, it could be a chant, whatever illuminates your soul and whatever illuminates the land. And I'll choose um, something today, <clears throat> early, reminiscent of early American immigration for today, and then we will proceed with the spell. So you'll need your water, you'll need your salt, you'll need your red, white, blue and gold candle. And don't worry about scribbling this down. If you want a copy of this spell, write to me. I'll be happy to share it with you. So you want to bless the area with a poem or with your song. And I'll just uh, do something that's very common and, and easy to read. I call upon the elements of a north, south, east and west to gather here as one in love and let this land be blessed. And I call upon the golden light of the cosmic one divine. Let your sweet abiding loving grace upon the gathered shine. I call upon the ancestors to hear with us commune. And I call upon the fairy realm to grant us all a boon. And I call upon the gathered here, their hearts to open wide, and to bless this land, America, and to heal her great divide. And now that our land has been blessed, and our intent has been set, we shall proceed with the spell crafting. We light the red candle and say, I light the candle red, our hearts to warm and to open. Let us choose always to love and to never let that trust be broken. We light the white candle and say, I light the candle white to illuminate our original intent for this land to serve the light and God's love to honor and augment. I light the blue candle and say, I light the candle blue so that cool heads may prevail. Let us bid the past adieu and allow old grievances to set sail. And in the glow of these three candles, we say, This land was chosen by the light to be the great equalizer, where all who suffered persecution could come, take refuge, and for as long as it harmed no one, to live, to work, to worship as they willed. This land was chosen to bring all cultures together, to learn how contrast complements itself when all who suffer come together to heal. In this sacred moment, let us share our love with all those who perished when the great plan was destroyed by those who know only greed and by those who hunger for conflict and saw this beautiful and blessed land as nothing more than an opportunity to plunder resources. To the native tribes who were murdered in their millions, may the light illuminate your souls and honor your bloodlines. 
May your ancient wisdom be preserved throughout all realms, in all directions, and through all dimensions. To the tribes of other countries brought here against their will to work and die in unholy conditions. May the light illuminate your souls and honor your bloodlines. May your ancient wisdom be preserved throughout all realms, in all directions, and through all dimensions. To those who came to this land of their own free will, risking life and limb to make a better life for themselves, their families, and for future generations, may the light illuminate your souls and honor your bloodlines. May your ancient wisdom be preserved throughout all realms, in all directions, and through all dimensions. And may the inevitable merging of all now American bloodlines enhance and enrich our human experience. To those who plundered this land and its people for their own, and to those who continue to do so even to this day, may the light educate you in the error of your ways and remove you from the disease of fear and lack and arrogance that drives men to commit atrocities. And to all and any who shed, shed their blood upon this land or for this land, may the light rest and illuminate your souls and align you all with your highest good. And to those who live here today, know that this is a sacred land designated for a sacred purpose. You chose to be here at this time and I therefore charge you to play your part in restoring America to grace. And now we take the golden candle and we light it next to the others. And we say, I light the candle golden to watch over the red, the white and the blue. Let our hearts now be emboldened and this land restored to its purpose true. God bless America. God bless our world. God bless our Mother Earth. It is done. As with all spells, for those who do not know, we let the candles burn down. If you need to extinguish a candle before they can burn down, snuff them out. In spellcraft, one never blows the candle out, as it is thought it will blow away the magic. Well, my darlings, I actually got through that without a tear in my eye, which really doesn't happen. Um, I happen to believe in America's sacred purpose. That's why I'm here. And I think it's time now for all of us, instead of tearing down statues of the founding fathers and getting the wrong ones torn down half the time, by the way, such is our history curriculum in schools today, instead of buying into this globalist agenda of making people ashamed to be Americans. Let's remember why this country was founded and let's restore America's original intent for the good of this planet and all people on it. Whoa. Well, my darlings, what a lighthearted show we had today. And I'm going to have to say we're getting very close to our time. So I think I'm going to say, ah, that's it for today. I finished my drink. Oh, wait, I haven't. Wait, there's more. Hold on. Hold on. Don't go away. Mm. Oh, my gosh, that is so good. Mm. Now I finish my drink and trying very hard not to burp. And that means the end of the show. And I hope you enjoyed listening to it as much as I enjoyed recording it because I had a blast. I always do. Today's real life martini was not a martini, but it was a two part shooter. A large shot of perfectly chilled bedlam vodka from Durham, North Carolina. It's made from rice and it's it's different, but in a good way. Um, a client of mine who lives in Leeds, Alabama, graciously gifted me this bottle. And I would like to pick up a few more bottles. So I'm going to be writing to the people at Bedlam because this is just a fantastic vodka. 
I'm not sure how to describe it. So I may have to keep drinking it for a while until the words come to me. Anyway, I'm going to be featuring more cocktails with this uh, with this vodka. And the bottle is really cool, too, by the way. Anyway, anyway, a classic two-parter, which means a shot of cold vodka and a nicely chilled stubby of Oregon's own Session Lager. Session Lager from For Sale Brewing. My favorite lager, easy to drink, and the bottle is so cute. It is short and fat and sassy, just like me. Now, remember, folks, cocktails are great if they are an occasional treat. If you use top-quality ingredients and take the art of mixology seriously, one drink, or maybe two, is all you need. I'm Arnie Avedisian. This was Metaphysical Martini, a production of Cosmic Reality Radio, to whom we are most grateful. Until we meet again, let the spirit inhabit the human. You have been listening to The Metaphysical Martini Show with Ani Avedisian, the suburban shaman, a production of Cosmic Reality Radio.